0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
3: Here's Reed
0: Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad. It is an ugly one for the Edmonton Oilers tonight against the
2: Anaheim Ducks, who run away with it, five-one. The final at Rogers Place, Ricard Raquel, powering the Anaheim offense. He scores a natural hat trick. In the second period, that extended Anaheim's lead to 4-0 as the Oilers fall to 34-35-9 on the season. Corey Perry and Devin Shore also scored for Anaheim. Sam Gagne got Edmonton's only goal with 6.51 left in the third, breaking up John Gibson's bid for a shutout. Milan Lucic assisted on the play his 500th NHL point. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. So the Oilers wrap up their five-game homestand with a record of 2-1-2. And we have been talking a lot about how slim their playoff hopes have been over the last couple of months. Well, now they officially cannot be any slimmer because their magic number for elimination is one point. Any point that Colorado gets or the Oilers don't get would officially, mathematically, end the Oilers' playoff chances, though, obviously, realistically, they've been uh, pretty much done for a little while. Colorado with 85 points. That's the most Edmonton could get to. So for Edmonton to finish ahead of Colorado, they would have to win every game in overtime or regulation. Colorado would have to lose... Every game in regulation and then you'd have to hope teams like Arizona Minnesota and Chicago also didn't pass Colorado so that combination simply is not going to happen you can reach us at 780-496-0063 we'll also have postgame reaction from both dressing rooms as the Oilers now just have four games left in the regular season they will be in Vegas on Monday St. Louis on Tuesday final home game coming up Thursday against San Jose and then the very last game of the season one week from tonight against the Calgary Flames. Just uh, overall a a pretty sleepy pedestrian effort from the Oilers And the first period. Really one good scoring opportunity. Leon Dreisleitl did have a breakaway. Drew iron on the shot and they trailed 1-0 after the first period. And then... The Oilers did have a power play in the second period. A couple of decent chances, but uh, nothing they could get by Gibson and Raquel putting it away with a natural hat trick. So not a good game in the offensive end for the Oilers. They didn't have a lot going on there. And uh, a pretty poor night in goal from Miko Koskinen, who gets pulled after Raquel finished off the natural hat trick at 15-13 of the second period. Koskinen's final stats allowing four goals on 21 shots. His glove hand has been scrutinized a lot lately and the cory perry goal in the first period goes off his glove and in raquel beats him in the second period over the blocker side short side over his right shoulder the third goal i think definitely the one that you wouldn't fault koskinen at all on uh, the Oilers just couldn't clear the puck for an extended period and koskinen actually made a couple of saves to help him out and then raquel finally got a rebound and then the one that got him pulled, Raquel, with a, a mid-range wrister that I wouldn't necessarily call a bullet, and Koskinen just flat out missed it, and that's the one that got him yanked tonight. As Rob Brown slides in here in Studio 99. Well, I, mean, I was just saying it was the goaltending is going to get a lot of attention tonight. I, I think fair enough, especially a couple of the goals. But in the offensive end, there was, there was very, very little by the way, especially when... The game was still sort of in question down one goal down two goals I mean it was hanging there maybe for them to get a chance get on the board and they just didn't do enough to take
3: it you know uh, Koskinen did not have a strong game and obviously he didn't finish finish it because of that but he's one of many players tonight on the Oilers team that did not have strong games you know the Oilers stars uh, this is the quietest I've seen Leon and Connor in in months uh, they, I mean, I thought Milan wasn't bad up front, but other than that, I really didn't notice anyone with a lot of jump. Uh, the races were won by the Ducks. The battles were won by the Ducks. The, the compete level was higher. Uh, the goaltending, obviously, Gibson was much stronger in net. Uh, it, it just wasn't a, a great night for the Edmonton Oilers. I think that once they fell behind, uh, there was a sag. Uh, you, you, you add that in with them being in the last, you know, three weeks month playing so well, yet in that time they've actually fallen in the standings. And throw in the fact last night that the teams that they're chasing all got points. And I think that all of a sudden there was a realization at some point during this game and and you saw the, the, the body language of the team. This was not the same team that we saw play desperate hockey against the Dallas Stars the other night. This was a team that we saw in December, and we hadn't seen them play like this in a long, long time. But unfortunately for the for the Oilers fans that were here tonight, this just was not a good game for the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Yeah, pretty uh, deflating night here at Rogers Place. Five one, the Ducks take it. And, and Rob, you made a great point the other night. And, and look, we knew as we got into February, it was desperation time for the Oilers. They were going to have to be near perfect and then as we got into this final dozen games that they basically had to be perfect to even give themselves a chance to make the postseason and I mean they lost to another team tonight that is not going to be playoff bound that is not going to go in I know a lot of people point to the New Jersey game as, as another disappointing game and, and they were don't get mm-hmm. me wrong but when you put yourself in a position where there's no room for error it magnifies any loss really and especially when it's to a poor team but as you, as you pointed out they they virtually, and I'm just going back and looking here. They virtually do not beat good teams. Yeah. Like it, it you know, anybody could lose to a bad team occasionally. Like Ottawa beat Toronto twice, twice yeah. in the last two or three weeks, or whatever it is. Once quite badly. But so it can happen. But Toronto wins a bunch of other <laughs> other games, and and the Oilers, like you said, against playoff teams.
3: I, I, I had lost
2: a- to Dallas. Lost to St. Louis. Lost to Vegas. Uh, okay, so they beat Columbus a couple times, who are, are tied for a playoff But at the
3: spot. point when, when I did this thing, Columbus wasn't in the playoffs, and they had one win in 20 games against teams that were currently in the playoffs a couple days ago. Yeah. So, uh,
2: so this, now, because Columbus has a tiebreaker on so Montreal, it, it makes it look a little bit, but they beat the Islanders.
3: That was the one game, the Islanders. And that game. was
2: back on February 21st. I mean, then, every other you playoff go, team.
3: Then th- you go all the way back till December 18th to find another another game that they beat a team that was in the playoffs. Yep. So since December 18th, uh, in, uh, Colorado or Columbus, I'm not throwing Sweet. them in there. Right. They've got one game since December 18th where they beat a team that is in the top 16 in the National Hockey League that are in the playoffs, and actually
2: you have to go back to december 11th is that what it is because that's when they played colorado
3: okay so december 11th so it's even further and and again any any night someone a lesser light in the national hockey league can beat a a good team because there's so many good hockey players in the national hockey league that uh good teams lose like tonight say the, the vancouver canucks won tonight against the dallas stars so you can teams out of the playoffs can do it uh and the Toronto Maple Leafs—they've lost some games. Tampa Bay—they've lost some, some some teams that are below them, but they also beat the good teams. And the Oilers just aren't doing that. The, the, the record they had over the last while—they were playing better hockey, but it, it is a bit of a mirage because they were only beating the teams they were supposed to beat. They weren't beat, and they and in that time sometimes, they also they, yeah, also they also lost, lost other yeah. teams, but they weren't getting wins against the good teams. And I think that's why sometimes you gotta when you're doing a barometer of what this team is finishing at. And you're trying to say, okay, you know what? They played well at the end of the season. Maybe they don't need as many changes. But the teams that they have to beat to get into the playoffs, the Oilers weren't beating them and haven't beat them yep. since December. So the Oilers, uh, there's some positives with this season with some of the players, but there's also uh, some glaring weaknesses and some glaring deficiencies that I think we've seen over the last quite a while that the new general manager is going to have to come in and fix.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, to, to talk about the goaltending a little bit too, and th- this, I, I would not call this a goaltending loss because, nope, as I said, nope. they didn't score until there Years was over. six minutes yep. and 50 seconds left in the game. So, I, I mean, you can't just say it's totally the goaltender, but he didn't give you the saves they need. And that's a big question mark for next year because I think, let's say the new general manager comes in, and this is a big if in of itself, and does a bang up job and finds value players and finds some scores and tweaks this, and, and the roster appears to be better. If your goaltender is the 40th best goaltender in the NHL, the 45th best goaltender in the NHL, it won't matter. You, you're not going to make the you, playoffs. Might, you, might, you might squeak in at best, but then you're not going to compete against the 16 best other 15
3: no, playoff teams. And, and we were talking upstairs, uh, Miko has been pulled three of the last seven games. And all tenders have been pulled at some point in, in their career. And actually, Patrick Waugh got pulled a little late in the one game that he got pulled <laughs> in and never played for Montreal again. But goalies get pulled, but this is the biggest time of the year for the Edmonton Oilers. They had to run the table, and their starter uh, was pulled in three of those last seven games. And though they... There's a book on every goalie in the league. Just like the the goaltenders will have a book on, okay, Steven Stamkos, here's where he likes to shoot. So I always know he's setting up there. So the goaltenders study that. Players study what goaltenders do. Before every game, the the video coach will put together a video of, okay, here's the last 15 goals scored on this goal. Here's where we want to try and find him. This is where we want to try and beat him. If you got a chance, go here. And what we're seeing over the last little while, teams are trying to find Miko's glove. That's where they're putting the puck. And until he proves that that's not gonna be a weakness, they're gonna continue to put it there. Now, I've heard his work ethic is incredible, and I know that Dustin Schwartz, I like him, and I know he's gonna work hard with Miko Koskinen, but they have to, because Miko Koskinen is here for the next three years. They don't have a surplus of money to go get a a backup goaltender that's gonna push him for 30, 35 games. They just don't have that. So Koskinen's their guy. They need Koskinen to be a guy that gives them good starts 90% of the time, great starts maybe 50%, but they've got to have a consistent good start. The Oilers are not a good enough team to get average to just above average goaltending. Yep. They need good goaltending to win hockey games, and Koskinen is their guy, and they need to find more consistency out of them.
2: Well, I remember when we were talking after a game a couple of years ago, and I asked you as a player, what did you want out of your goaltender and you said to to at least match the other guy mm-hmm. and if he at least matches the other guy then it's on then you the skaters can can try to win yep. the game and if we mess up or, or don't cover and, and one beats them that's on us but yeah i mean i i don't know and i mean people are listening i don't know if the oilers fans and i don't think the players would ever say it about miko but do you go into an oilers game thinking okay koskinen nine times out of ten is going to be at least as good as the other guy
3: I, I don't think you are right now. No,
2: he's had some a little hot streaks where streak, yeah. you might think that.
3: Yeah, but I but mean, well, good. put it this way: in tonight's game, we talked about keys of the game upstairs, Bob and I. And I, one of the huge keys of this game was was Gibson. Before the game even started, we were talking about Gibson being able to steal a game by himself. Are teams talking, or radio broadcast, and out of, when we play against somebody, are they talking about Koskinen's ability to steal a game? We haven't seen the Oilers' goaltenders steal a lot of games this year. And I bet you, without going through Anaheim's schedule, I'm guessing Gibson has stolen 10 to 12 games himself this year. Early in the season, when they actually had a pretty good record, it was all on Gibson. Um, a good point so the the others haven't like he's
2: going to have an incredibly good save percentage for a non-playoff for goaltender a team that's going to no. be in the
3: bottom five or six in the national hockey league he's that he's that good so the Oilers haven't gotten that out of their goaltenders this year um and going forward that they just to me it's consistency you want to know each and every night what you're getting there's going to be bumps in the road but you got to have a consistent uh, it's mindset or consistent when your team going into the the game you're like okay you know, we got Miko's goddess tonight. We know what he can do. We've seen it before, and I'm not sure he's won that yet. Yeah. 5-1, the Ducks dumped the
2: Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Hitch.
0: Well, that wasn't what you wanted, obviously. No. Does it doesn't mean you, your team did too- well and
4: you just... Well, we've played really well, and tonight was a night where we we're way too easily discouraged um we didn't we haven't had one of these for a long time but we didn't stay with it. We he made some big saves in the first period and a couple went in on us and we were far too easily discouraged and and then we started to try to hit home runs and it seemed like everything they shot went in the net but you you can't win in this league if you're that easily discouraged and that's what we were. Can you win in this
0: league either when your best two players have an average night and nobody else picks up a slack?
4: Yeah, well, I think this was a group exercise and they're part of the group. You know, they, they know that they didn't play well, but there was a lineup of guys that, like I said, we started with good intentions. Uh, we had a really good push for about fifteen or sixteen minutes we didn 't score and then we just all the energy went out of the bloom when they scored their third goal. all the energy went out so, okay. How do you approach the final four games just to, uh, this team- Listen, we 're going to play a lot better than this so we 're going to go to we 're going to go and we 're going to play we 've played we 've been de- sometimes when you get in this situation this is real simple when the climb is when you 're climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing it gets wearing, and we have to find energy to play in Vegas so we looked exactly like a team and there's a four or five teams in the league that look exactly the same we look like we're weary of the climb and we can't do that we can't do that and we're not going to do it so we'll be better in Vegas but we look like a team that is weary of the climb right now knocking 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 trying to get back in this thing and we look like we had zero energy and we were really deflated when the third goal went in. With everything went off, everything went out of our group, and we well, got to regroup again. And I, I don't mean to put this all on your, your goaltender, but do you anticipate giving... I don't, I don't want to get into picking who was bad, uh, but we need better play there. We need better play from our leaders. We need better play from our top players, and we need better play from our role players.
2: All right, that's Hitch. Well. <laughs> pretty accurate after a game like this. No one played well. No. So he's no. careful not to just point the well, finger and, and, at one guy.
3: And as a coach or management, you don't point the right, finger. Why would no, you? No, you don't. I mean, this, this was a game that's got away from the Oilers. I, I, I'm not sure I completely agree with Hitch at the beginning. I don't know if there was a push in the first 15 minutes. Uh, I don't minutes. know
2: if I saw one for 15 I, no, minutes, maybe I, a
3: couple shifts. But. Um, but I do really agree with him on the fact where he says you get weary with the climb. And, and that's what we were talking about upstairs is when you have a really good run, and the Oilers had a nice run here where they, was it 10-5-4 or whatever their, their record yep. was, and in that span when they're playing really well, even weren't, they weren't moving up in the standings. And they actually had lost a point coming into tonight's game from where they started. When you continue to, to play well, continue to get wins, continue to get points in all of these games, yet you look at the standings and you're no closer to a playoffs but, than you were when before you started, that does get you tired. That does wear you out mentally, physically, and I think you saw that tonight.
2: Ducks win it 5-1 over the Oilers. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We haven't seen the old Goal Light uh, a lot lately.
3: No, we need a Well, we
2: did see it on this homestand. It had been 27 games in between it since then. They don't, they don't uh, score a lot or get to five a lot. Uh, Milan Lucic did pick up his 500th career point tonight in the uh, goal by Sam Gagne. Gagne's sixth of the season. We'll hear from Lucic as we roll along. Are you ready for this, Rob? I'm ready. I don't know if you are ready for this. You don't, I, no, know, you I, don't know what it is. Do you know what it is? No, who who do you think it is on the phone lines?
3: Oh, we, are we going down south?
2: Uh, he promised he wouldn't call again. He's a liar. He's now called twice since he said He's that. He's just like. First time he said that, I wouldn't put him on. He's just like his president. He's a liar. (laughs) He's going to love that. (laughs) Scott from Boston, I have no idea why you're calling tonight.
5: Well, it's a very simple answer. Why am I calling? I'm addicted to Edmonton since I was three feet tall playing my hockey in Boston. That's now, uh, Rob, to your quick point there, uh, you want you don't even want to go politics with me. You want to go? Because I, I can roll on that. I call political talk in Boston all twice a week. All right. Reed, as usual, thank you for the time, sir. I really do mean that. Thank you. I have the – this is my last call of the year. The season's over. It is. Rob, I have the best – trivia question for you Read, let me know when it's time okay I'm gonna ro- am I on the air hello yes <laughs> you are on the air okay I'm gonna what's up Edmonton what's up Alberta let me roll through some points I have some notes here real quick I'm gonna roll 30 seconds all right let me preface this call by saying I really do have fun calling up this show when it's time to call you guys in October the season's over it is what it is now as an oiler fan There's something wrong with this franchise. So I don't know who owns the team, but changes, serious changes. You seriously don't know who owns the team? I don't know the name. Who is the guy's name?
2: Well, I'm not telling you. You're going to have to do some research.
5: All right, well, whoever owns the team. He's taking his fan loyalty for granted, putting money in his pocket. Those fans in Edmonton are the most loyal fans in hockey on earth. And they're they're getting gypped. And now here, here, here's my prediction: Connor McDavid wants to be traded. Mark my words, he'll oh, never say on, it. Come on, Scott. Get what? Off the, kid's the track. best play. Don't don't dump. Don't dump me. I have a trivia. Oh, no, if you say
2: if you say silly things, I'm gonna. Dump Why
5: them. is that silly? Connor He's McDavid doesn't player.
2: want to. Connor McDavid doesn't want to be traded.
5: You don't think he wants to play in the playoffs under the spotlight?
2: Yes, I think he wants to play in the playoffs, but he signed. Is it happening in Edmonton
5: anytime years. soon? We hope
0: so. Oh, we hope so. Yeah, well, there we'll you go.
5: Out. He'd rather be playing in New York City or Boston or Calgary or any other place, Vegas, Chicago, any of the original six teams. Are you kidding me? The kid is too good. To, he's never made a playoff appearance yet. Think about yeah, that. Did, Scott,
2: yes, he has. Like, now you're making me mad because you're getting your facts wrong. You don't Carter know the owner. In the you don't know the owner. Two, two how, years ago. how big an Oilers fan are you if you don't know they were in the playoffs two years
5: right. ago? Oh, that didn't please. I, I apologize. When did Connor play in the NHL playoffs? Two years ago. Two years ago. The okay, two years, ago. years ago. Okay,
2: it's trivia time. Right. It's trivia time. I got right, no, getting people bad. in Studio ninety nine telling me to hang up on you, so I'm being nice by letting you continue.
5: What trivia Trust question, me, and then more we say goodbye than- for the summer. There's more tri- fans than haters, tri- trust trivia me. Trivia questions, and then we say yes, goodbye sir. for the summer. Yes, Go sir. Ahead. Rob, I'm going to give... This is the last one of the... It really is. I'll talk to you guys in October. Uh, Rob, I'm going to give you give you the option. Do you want a question on college hockey in the United States or on the 1990 NHL draft? Which one? You pick. I got a good um,
3: one. I, I'm not sure I'm going to be very good at either one of them, so I'll let you choose. <laughs> I'm, mm, I'm a junior. How about kid. we do
5: both real quick? Okay, real that's quick.
3: Good. I'm ready here. Throw real it me.
5: quick. Who's the best player in college hockey history? It's, a, college, it's not even debatable.
3: College hockey history? Oh, I, I'll I, give you a
5: clue. About 1993, University of Maine. Paul Kariya. Bingo. All right, now, Lou, well, let's go to the 1990 NHL draft. Name the name the top four draft picks. I'll oh. give you number one to get you going. Owen Nolan went to Quebec number two was peter nedved by vancouver who was number two with number f- uh, number five is the is the real yeah, Murray leader, was number five look at you rob you like hockey as much as i do all right who was number three and four this is the tough one
3: that is tough uh i'll give
5: you the team i know, give you you teams. know I,
3: okay give me the team
5: number number three his name i won't say his name okay he was dr- actually i forgot just, just give me the team
3: just give me the team
5: yeah I, I i forget the t- keith primo i forget
3: okay I'll, I'll, I'll guess detroit then
5: but was it detroit but number no, four, i know who the yes, team it was detroit. okay detroit. who was the team yep, philadelphia flyers he played he had a nice little career oh, a had, co- he, had, uh, he,
3: he, he had a big teeth yeah and a big nose and lots of hair mike ricci
5: bingo rob I not could not talk my first, hockey. Not my first rodeo. you! No, All right, right you guys. I Come mean on. this. Uh, I mean this. I mean this sincerely. <laughs> yeah, Yaga was five. Imagine. All right, Scott. That yeah, I mean choice. this, guys. Thank you. It's been so much fun. No. I'll talk to you guys in October. Have Thank a good you, summer, Scott. buddy.
2: I can't believe you didn't know the Oilers were in the playoffs two years ago.
3: I, you know what, it, it kind of went under the radar here in Edmonton too.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> it's pretty hard to find evidence of it. Did we broadcast those games? I don't think we did. I think we just tweeted out the results after. Well, that was Scott from Boston.
3: Entertaining as always. I, Well, do you think he's going to wait till October? He's going to call your show sometime. He's going to miss no, you.
2: No, he won't. He's going to miss you. No, he'll probably call after next Saturday's game against Calgary. Well, that's going to be a good game too. All right, 5-1, Ducks take down the Oilers tonight. Ricard Raquel with a hat trick. Let's go down to the Ducks room and hear from him, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees.
6: Um, how important was it for your team to bounce back after yesterday and come by here and have a, a really good effort?
7: Yeah, I mean, it, it felt great for our team. Uh, we were not happy about uh, how we got... Pretty much dominated by Calgary last night. So um, yeah, when we get a had a good first period like that, we're just trying to keep it going in the second. And when you get a couple of goals, it's uh, yeah, the whole whole team feels good, and it's uh, much easier to play. This the last time you got three in a period. I don't think I ever done that before. So <laughs> yeah, it's nice to get the first one. Yeah. Good um, building blocks in here now with the kids and all that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, we were trying to play with more speed and skill, and and uh, I thought we did that tonight, and, and uh, yeah, I thought thought everybody did their job and played solid for 60 minutes. Did is they there... look demoralized? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you, with Koskinen, is there kind of a, a book on him, or do you know where he might be, or are you just, you're just shooting the puck? No, I uh, I, I didn't really know before the game, but I just uh, whatever the situation is, you're trying to pick your spot where, what you're comfortable with, and uh, yeah, sometimes they go in and sometimes they don't. You have a lot of young kids in here, obviously, with all the injuries that, and they're always excited to play. Does that keep the energy level high in the dressing room for? for yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, all the new young guys coming in, playing some of their first games, uh, you always try to, uh, like, thrive off their energy and, uh, you know, just to see how happy they are. And, um, yeah, just try to, yeah, get get a good feeling from that and just have uh, everybody plays better when they're happy. So you can just uh, try to learn from that. The,
8: the ice on the elbow is just a, just a nick, or...? Yeah, it's nothing.
2: All right, Scott Johnson working in the visitors' dressing room. Ricard Raquel leading Anaheim to a 5-1 victory over the Oilers tonight. Perry and Shore also scored. Gagne the only. Edmonton goal. John Gibson the win in net. He makes 30 saves. Koskinen starts for the Oilers. 17 saves on 21 shots. Stollers goes the rest of the way. 16 saves on 17 shots. The Oilers fall back below 500 for the year 34, 35, and 9. 7804960063. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Pat standing by. Go ahead, Pat.
8: Yeah. Hi. Um, that's, that's a long wait. <laughs> uh, the guy from Boston, if he's still listening, the owner's Kate, and I think Mr. Cates has to uh, do a house cleaning here of uh, pretty much all the suits down to Mr. Mr. Young Gretzky. Um, all these guys have been here for forever and this team has been dismal forever i can't even watch them anymore um the taylor hall and the, and the jordan eberle trades did it for me i don't watch the orders anymore the, i can't, just can't stomach watching it anymore I, you know people ask me well you're going to watch the game and i says why would i want to watch a three-hour version of just for laughs you know it's it's sickening you know, what, the, what, this, what this team has become, you know? I mean, my buddy asked me the other day a question, and I says, you know what they should do? I said they should rename Rexall, or not Rexall Place, Rogers Place, Paw Place. And the guy from Boston mentioned something about this too, about, uh, you know, the people being taken for their money. You know, Tootsiepaw Place, all the suckers in the stands. I mean, I don't know how people can, can pay that kind of money to continue to watch this team. It's, it's a total disgrace.
2: Well, I guess that's up to, to people what they want to do, uh, Pat. I mean, the GM who made the trade specifically you talked about has been fired. I'm sure you know that. Well, maybe you don't if you're not paying attention to the team.
8: I mean, you, you obviously pay attention, but I can't. I, I can't turn my TV whenever I see the Oilers on TV. I'm actually hoping the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be on TV, so I don't have to. You know, I don't. I can't. You can't watch this team anymore. It's just. It's. It's. It's beyond bizarre.
2: Well, Pat, I'm going to tell you something. Turned I, out here, Pat. I'm going to tell you something, and I, I'm going to speak for Rob here. We really appreciate that you listen to us and call us. Um, on a topic that makes you so unhappy and and again, games you don't watch. That really means a lot to Rob and I that you will still listen to us and call us.
8: Well, I listen, you know, I mean, what are are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, I follow the Oil Kings faithfully. I have since since their, you know, their, their late 60s. When when you used to go to the old Edmonton Gardens and and, and, uh, give a silver collection thing, right? And, I mean, they left, they came back, they left, they came back, they left, they came back. The Oilers came here in, what, 1972 in the WHA? Yeah. Okay. I followed them faithfully up until I, me and my buddy that worked for Otis, had season tickets with the Oil Kings. And we gave another guy that worked with us 20 Oil Kings tickets for two Oiler tickets. This is back when Ethan Morrow was still here. And I don't even know if he was the captain yet. That's the last Edmonton Oiler hockey game I ever went to.
2: Okay, Pat. Well, thanks for sharing your story, buddy, okay? That is Pat at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Ducks knock off the Oilers 5-1. Let's go back down to the Oilers' room. Milan Lucic gets his 500th point tonight. Here he is for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com.
9: The momentum after they got the, the second one, and they started to grind us down low. And, and instead of us, you know, doing that to them, so that's kind of, you know, what happened in the second there. And and like I said, our sloppiness uh, cost us.
0: What's you said? There's stuff to play for in terms of the group. I mean, you guys are not mathematically out, but uh, for all intents and purposes, it's a pretty uphill uh, climb. Now, what's what's what are the next four games like for you guys?
9: Just you know, just playing for each other. Uh, you know, I, I, I just got to go out there and compete. You know, it's unfortunately it's going to be a long summer here, so you know, got to go out there and and play the right way, play for each other and ha- have fun doing it. You know, it's going to be a long four games if we play sloppy and careless and all that type of stuff. So might as well have fun with it and, and play the right way. And, and you know, some guys are playing for jobs. Some guys are playing for, you know, um, stats. Some guys are playing to, you know, end the season off right to have uh, some, you know, a bit of a carryover into the summer into next year, next year uh, feeling good about themselves and and those are the things that you look forward to in the last four games here.
2: Alright, Brendan Escott work in the Oilers dressing room with a uh, disappointed Milan Lucic as the Oilers are hammered 5-1 by the Anaheim Ducks. We'll check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer years trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Canucks beat the Stars 3-2 in a shootout. The Kings get by Chicago, 3-2 in overtime. Doughty gets the game winner. Panthers win 4-1 in Boston. Hurricanes knock off the Flyers, 5-2. Montreal winning over the Jets, 3-1. Senators down the Maple Leafs, 4-2. Caps beat the Lightning, 6-3. Two goals for Ovechkin. He's up to 51 on the season. Blues over the Devils, 3-2 in overtime. Islanders beat the Sabres, 5-1. Blue Jackets down the Predators, 5-2. The Sharks beat the Golden Knights 4-3 in overtime. Burns scores on the power play, 22 seconds into OT. And the Oilers' farm team tonight losing 4-2 to the San Jose Barracuda. The Oil Kings play tomorrow at 6 in Medicine Hat. They're now up 3-2 in the series.
3: Yeah, a huge game for them. You don't want to test the the waters in a Game 7 where anything could happen. You want to win it when you have your first opportunity to finish it off. Hopefully they'll be able to do that tomorrow.
2: All right, we're going to call a quick timeout here. We will finish the play with Jason when we get back. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. All Anaheim tonight. Hat trick for Raquel as they down the Oilers 5-1. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brew House. Overtime Open Line.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630-10. Cara, blind pass up the right-hand side. Nugent Hopkins walks in, shoots, save made by Gibson. Rebound, back-hander, and another save. Gibson on Chris Russell. And that's why you're able to protect a lead if you're in the
2: Anaheim Ducks. John Gibson, very good tonight. That was a save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at JiffyLubeService.ca. Anaheim routing the Oilers 5-1. Raquel had a natural hat trick in the second period that allowed the Ducks to pull away. The shots, 38-31 for Anaheim. The Ducks 0-1 for 1 on the power play. The Oilers were also 0-1. Actually, the Oilers' power play might... Created a lot of chances. Yeah, that was probably their best two-minute spurt of the game. Well,
3: they created a lot of chances considering... The Ducks knew exactly what they were doing because they were trying to get the puck right. to Leon dry settle. He had a num. It's funny, it, there, whenever you try to force something, you try to make something happen, and tonight the Oilers did that, especially Connor McDavid. Every time he had the puck, he was looking for Leon. It doesn't seem to, to work as well. And Leon had a number of good chances. It's it's when you stop thinking about it is when the puck starts going in. Uh, Lee, or Connor did everything possible in, in every opportunity he had to get Leon the puck. And Leon had some golden scoring opportunities. Unfortunately, he was not able to put in the net. Hopefully, he'll be able to find three goals on this next four games and, and join a very exclusive club with 50 goals.
2: All right, we have Jason at 7804960063. Jason, you're also going to finish the play, but first, uh, give us your thought or your question here.
1: Yeah, so um, I was at the game tonight and. Uh, it was quite expensive uh, for tickets given the time of year and where the Oilers are in the standing. So I, I did want to kind of echo the sentiment of the earlier calling where I was like, you know, when you look at the, the effort the Oilers put in after the first 10 minutes maybe, uh, that was frankly disgraceful. And when you think about, like, the team and the organization and how – they're afraid. I feel like they're afraid to call out their players because there's so much pearl clutching that goes on in the city. I and mean, when that, like three months ago, a guy threw his jersey on the ice, and like, you know, everyone was up in arms, like, how, you know, behave so classless at the rink and and things like that. And and then Nicholson recently calls out, and you know, as misguided as it was, I don't disagree with the idea behind calling out a few of these players for their lack of effort, their lack of production. I mean, obviously, the top guys have been delivering beyond what they should, but, I mean, you have a litany of guys, Koskinen included, who are putting in awful efforts, and this is professional hockey. Can I just, make one quick point? When you look at Dallas, like, two or three months ago, when the Dallas owner called out his stars, no pun intended, those guys turned it around in the middle. No,
3: they— they didn't, though. I mean, Ben's having a, a, a poor year in his for what he usually does. Sagan's not having the year that he usually does. Um, so it, it didn't spur on those players. It didn't spur on Ben. Ben's probably having one of his worst seasons in a long, long time. I don't. I when you I don't think the effort tonight's effort was bad. So I think that's a wash for the most part. The Oilers' effort has been fine. I don't think the problem is a lack of effort most nights. I just think they're just not. I think they are worried they are in the standings because if that's the team they have. So when you say Koskinen's not giving an effort, I think he's giving an effort, but maybe that's the best Koskinen has. When you look at the Oilers' role players, the players that aren't you say that aren't producing, I don't think a lot of them have never produced. They've never produced. So you're asking players to do things they're not capable of doing. I think I don't. I have no problem most nights with the Oilers' efforts. I, I, I think their efforts are fine. Tonight was not one of those. Tonight was a bad night, but for the most part, the Oilers' efforts are fine. It just their skill level as a team isn't good enough to be a playoff hockey club. So, uh, the, the, I don't think the blame is on the players there. You can't ask a player to be a goal scorer if he's not a goal scorer. You can't ask a player to be uh, uh, fast when he's not fast. So this is just what the, this is the team that the Oilers have built, and unfortunately, this team is not good enough.
1: Then, then these guys need to not be in the NHL because well, that's, the that's, camp, well, that's, yeah, but that's not, that's but again, not, Jason, this, that's not mean, the players that's
2: fault That's why the GM got fired
3: the GM got fired because he built a team that wasn't good enough to make the, the playoffs That's you can't blame a player for being up here because I mean this is this is his livelihood But he's here the, the players that the Edmonton Oilers last general manager Peter Shirelli put into place the team that he built Is exactly where they are in the standings because that's exactly where they belong This is a team that's got too many weaknesses this is a team that's got too many deficiencies. I again, when Josh Curry or or uh, Gamb, what how do you, I can't? I'm gonna, I lost his name. Oh, Gambardello. G- Gambardello. I mean, those guys, their effort level is incredible. I mean, every time they step on the ice, but they're not, they're not NHL 20 goal scorers. So you can't expect them to do things they're incapable of doing. And I think that's the problem that the Oilers had this year. They, at the beginning of the season, they had players like Raddy and Pugliarvi and Yamamoto. They had them projected to be the top three right-wingers on this team. And that was unfair to those players. And that was misguided by the general manager because that, that set them back. They fought, thought they were better than they were going to be. And I think the very beginning of the season, at best, at very best, we thought the Oilers would sneak into a wildcard spot. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the effort for most most nights for the players. I just think this team is exactly where they belong with the talent they have. In the case, I
1: would say, if I'm Connor McDavid, I'm not betting any more years of my career and my prime on Koskinen being able to be an NHL goalie tomorrow. They need to clean house because this organization from the top down just doesn't, they're not NHL caliber,
10: clearly.
3: Yeah, but they fired the GM and but they fired the coach <laughs> so I mean they got I mean, rid of the guy that built the team Koskinen's here for the next three years so hopefully he'll be able to find find his game for next year because they signed him to a big contract and, and if I'm
1: Connor McDavid I'm not taking that's a bad bet that's well yeah but Connor Mc,
3: but, yeah but Connor McDavid signed was it an eight-year deal he signed yeah so I mean Connor McDavid signed here for eight years this this city Supports Connor
1: McDavid more than it supports the Oilers now, and we would support him asking for a trade if this team can't get it together.
3: I, I do not see Connor McDavid asking for a trade. Connor McDavid said he wants to be part of the solution, and, and I believe that. Connor McDavid said three. Well, is this his third year or fourth year? Fourth year. So he had three. He's had three incredible years, and he's had one year where he was injured. Like he, he, I'm, he, he is the biggest competitor that the Oilers have, and he wants his team to be better. And the next general manager's job is to make the team better so that Connor McDavid can shine in the playoffs. That's the goal. All
6: right.
3: All right,
2: Jason, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com and self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. What do we have for the clue?
0: Off the right-hand side, a slapper by Silverberg, and that looked like it was in. I thought that was in, Jack. Of course, they'll look at it at the next whistle, but at live speed, I thought that went in and out. To me, it's a goal all the way, Jack. Let's see here. All right, they took a look at it. Was
2: that a goal or not, Jason?
1: I believe it was not a goal.
2: You are correct. So your name also goes into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe Adrenaline Pumping fun. Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. But Anaheim got plenty of goals after that as they route the Oilers 5-1 tonight at Rogers Place. So you can get us at 780-496-0063. We have uh, Abbas standing by on the line. Abbas, go ahead.
5: Hi guys, how are you?
4: Good.
0: A lot of negativity. You know, when I heard the first guy say that, oh, Oilers were not in the playoffs. Come on, guys. Do you remember when we lost to Carolina 3-0? That's my motivation for the Oilers. This team has got to improve their defense, their goaltending. Tonight they never showed up.
3: You're right. This was a team loss tonight. It was from the goaltending all the way through their star players. It was not... It was not what we've seen over the last little while from the team. The desperation wasn't there. And Koskinen, I'm sure, would love to have a reset button and start this game all over again because it was this was not Koskinen's best game either.
2: No, and uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl both uh, held off the score sheet tonight. The Oilers only goal was Gagne from Lucic and Klefbom. Let's go back down to the Oilers room. Here's Sam
9: Gagne. <sighs> yeah. Um... Tough loss. I mean, I think we've been playing really important games for a while here and, um, you know, our emotional level has been really high and you got to find a way to get your emotional level up, uh, you know, even when things go wrong. And, uh, you know, we didn't do that tonight. So, uh, definitely a frustrating loss. Not official. In the
0: first 15 minutes or so, as soon as they scored the goal. it seemed.
9: Yeah, uh, we had good spurts in the first, but um, definitely, you know, need to be more consistent with it. Like I said, it's you know you can tell when our emotional level's high and um, we're playing, playing for each other, playing hard, um, and uh, wasn't there enough uh, tonight. And it's a tough way to lose. Got uh, to reel back in here. All right, Sam Gagne,
2: Oilers lose 5-1 to the Anaheim Ducks. So now the Oilers, four games left. Vegas Monday, Colorado, Tuesday. And if you missed the update earlier, it is uh, the Oilers are one point away from being mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. So any point that Colorado gets or the Oilers don't get, then it's uh, officially, officially done, and then we can stop giving the 0.1% chance and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Colorado doesn't play tomorrow, so it'll hover that way until Monday. Colorado and Edmonton both play, and then they play each other on Tuesday.
3: Yeah, Colorado's in St. Louis. I think they start actually before before the the Oilers game starts. So before the Oilers game's over, they possibly could be out. Could be out. Yeah.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Garrett standing by. Go ahead, Garrett.
0: Hey, Union guys. Yeah, uh, I'm out here in Vancouver, first-time caller this year. I've called uh, once in a while, the last uh, couple of years. Uh, watched every game of the season. I actually went to the preseason game here and the uh, first game of the season uh, here in Vancouver. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, uh, I the way I see it from the outside, you know, I wish I could go to a game in uh, Rogers Arena there in Edmonton, but... Uh, of course you know uh i live here in van so that's a little bit of an issue there but i i see personally that it's about uh, two defensemen and one grinder type forward maybe older guy uh high output type of offensive player now that's the wish list but you know to turn things around for next season uh I believed in the Oilers, uh, first game since I was like a kid, Ed Mio days, uh, just like uh, that was uh, against the Buffalo Sabres, we won 10-1, my dad bought me to that game, so I've been a diehard Oiler fan since I was a kid, so, and now that I live between or behind rather, uh, enemy lines here in Vancouver, it's uh you know, as long as uh, we beat them, that's all I can say. Cause, <laughs> you know, I mean, it'll save me a little bit of embarrassment. Uh, but uh, it looks as though um, uh, if Vegas goes out uh, really soon in the playoffs, uh, I guess we're going to be talking to McCrimmon. It seems as though that's the way the Oil will want to go with their uh, well, general I think, manager.
2: I think he'd be a very good candidate uh, if he's interested. He was a big part of building... Vegas uh, certainly I think Sa- Seattle would pursue him as well. I mean, it's, hey, come do, help what you did in Vegas. We'll just give you the, give you the job title. Thanks for the call, Garrett. We appreciate it. I, I think, I mean, we don't want to get too much into reconstructing the roster for next year because we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But up front, I think we've got to be pretty honest here. They have four forwards playing right now. Uh, well, Curry has been playing. He didn't play tonight. But, I mean, basically they have six or seven forwards who who are AHL players or who have grossly underperformed. If you look at Lucic and Reader, basically never scoring. And, and, again, it's not about work ethic for me. Nope. But, you know, Gagne was playing in the AHL. Gambardella and Curry were playing in the NHL. Malone was was playing in the NHL. Cave was playing mostly in the AHL before the Oilers I mean, so I mean at best those guys are fourth line players yep. and the Oilers have seven of them so they need to fill in a second and a third line. Well, that, thats I don't think they need more grinders. I uh, think they need more skill.
3: To me, they need someone to play with Ryan Nugent Hopkins on their second line. That's what they need. And, and, and
2: even what I just said, that's assuming Cassian can continue to contribute on yeah. a, in one of the top two lines. And
3: he's over his career, he hasn't proved he can do it consistently. Now, hopefully he can. Hopefully he's turned. This is the corner, and he, he's going to be able to play with Leon and, and Connor, and they can have success. But for me, the, the biggest thing they need in the offseason is someone to play with Nugent Hopkins. They got Dry Dreisaitl with, with Connor, and you can put a lot of different players on that line. In a perfect world, there'd be someone really good there. But right now, you can, you can put stopgap in there, and they're still going to have success. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins, most nights by himself. And what has what he had, one assist in his last 17 games or something along that line? Yeah. I mean, this is, a, this is an elite playmaker and he can't find anyone that can put the puck in the net on his wings, that's what they need to find in the offseason. Someone that can score 20 to 25 goals, They can play on their second line, and now you have two lines that the other teams can fear.
2: That'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Ducks dominate tonight, beating the Oilers 5-1. Their assistant coach is Mark Morrison, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, license and Insolvency Trustees.
1: So I thought on,
6: on being able to kind of rebound and have a good effort after last night. Well, I thought we did a good job of that. I mean, we we weren't uh, real happy with our performance last night, and I thought we came as a as a group, as a team today, and uh, everybody did their jobs. Everybody worked hard, and uh, I thought you know, one of the keys to, to us tonight was uh, we played four lines, and everybody pretty much had some even ice time, and uh, everyone did their job. So it was good. You got a lot of young kids in the lineup here. Do they kind of keep the energy up uh, in a season like this? Absolutely, they do. You know, especially in these games late on, and you know we're not a playoff team, so uh, it, it's uh, you know somewhat uh, challenging sometimes to to motivate. But uh, they do a good job of that. They bring energy into the dressing room and energy on the ice. So so yeah, we like having them around right now. Just a little clerical error on the game sheet this today, or there was it was a mistake, uh, you know, that we made, and um, I think all the team rallied behind it and persevered through it. So good for them. Yeah, I put you guys like five defensive, but they came out and Ab- put, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and they did a good job of that, and uh, everybody uh, stuck together. So it was uh, it was good. How important is it for this team and this organization to kind of finish this, this thing out strong? And, you know, not going to feel low as us type of thing. I think it's really important. Uh, I know our whole coaching staff does. We feel that uh, we've we've uh, installed some new systems and uh, we want to be able to uh, teach those and we want to play them well and we want to make sure that uh, we leave on a good note so when we come back, uh, everybody's on the same page. Just a thought on Rick Just his performance today. Well, he's been, uh, he's been real good for the last month here and uh, his performance tonight was excellent. Uh, that's what he has. He has that quick wrist shot and uh, uh, he, looked like, uh, he looked like he was enjoying himself tonight. Perfect.
2: Scott Johnson working in the visitors' dressing room. That's Ducks assistant coach Mark Morrison as they blast the Oilers 5-1. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. We are live in Studio 99. We'll get to a couple more phone calls when we get back. Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair.
2: All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 11.46. Oilers lose 5-1 to the Ducks. Our face-off trivia question. Which two players scored 70-plus goals in 88-89? Mario Lemieux had 85. Bernie Nichols had 70. Who was our winner there, Patrick? Ryan gets his name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. Rob, you helped Mario get to 85.
3: Uh, I did. I, I think he probably could have found a way to do it without me if he needed to. If he really needed if to. If he really needed to, but. Yeah. O- I, uh, over a goal a game, not bad. Yeah. He was a pretty good hockey player. And so actually so was Bernie Nichols. Bernie Nichols had a, sh- a wicked shot. And that was the year I believe he played most of the season with Wayne Gretzky in L.A. and they were pretty dynamic as well.
2: Yeah. 5-1 Anaheim wins tonight over the Oilers. We have uh, Roland on the open line. Hey, Roland, thanks for calling.
10: How are you doing tonight, guys? Good, buddy. I just wanted to read what that one caller said. He goes, I can't watch this stuff anymore. It's just too painful to watch. So I just listen to you guys on the radio. And uh, you guys did a good job. Rob does always a good
11: job explaining it. Well, thank you uh, very much. No, you're welcome. That's all I got. And
5: God bless you guys.
2: All right. Thanks, Roland. Appreciate it. Well, you do do a good job, Rob.
3: Well, thanks. I try. (laughs) I I try.
2: And I'm especially impressed that you know who the owner of the team is and you (laughs) knew that the Oilers were in the playoffs two years ago. I checked. We did broadcast those games. You and I
3: worked. Well, it's funny, though, when you you talk about that because, I mean, this city was electric, absolutely electric for two months that year. Well, Scott was in Boston. The electricity didn't reach that far. Oh, he, he wishes he was up here. It is pretty cool, and I look forward to the time when the others make back to the playoffs again because it is special, and now that Calgary's good too, I would love to see a Calgary-Edmonton playoff series. I think Alberta needs that. Yeah, that would be great.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Mike standing by. Hello, Mike.
11: Hey, guys. Hello. I think I need to transition from mostly dead to all dead now. Oh, this is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. was a really
2: good call. But was that uh, is that from The Princess Bride? You betcha. Okay, yeah, I was I was struggling to name the movie the other night, but that that made me <laughs> laugh. So I appreciate that.
11: Yeah, I think I think that was the swan song uh, tonight, and uh, they went out with a, well, not even a whimper, I guess. Uh...
3: Yeah, no, it was not the effort that they were looking for tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, but like we
2: were saying, Mike, like they they were they got so far behind. There's no room for error, and then a game like this seems even yeah. ten times worse than than it already is. Right? I mean, I've, you've heard the stat I've given out—they won six times in 23 games in the middle of the season. Like you can't—that's really hard to recover from.
11: Oh uh, yeah, I got to meet George Laroque today. Uh, he was up here in Grand Prairie, where I'm at, and oh, cool. uh, yeah, and the passion still runs deep in, in George. Like he—he is—he. I could see pain in his eyes from this year like he I, I said well it's kind of been a good season and a bad season and he looks at me with that uh, fierce uh, George Larac fierceness and he kind of didn't understand why I, I said good and I well I kind of said well like the year McDavid and have and put up and, and, and Nuge and, and really Nurse has been phenomenal and he says yeah but it's been wasted and he's right.
3: Yeah, good point. Good point. He's all I, I like George the rock too. He is a really, really good man, very good person to sit and talk to. Friendly as as any person you've ever met. Uh, yeah. And a big man. You don't realize how big George yeah. rock is. Used yeah. to like he is a monster.
2: Yeah. But I mean, you make a good point, Mike. I mean, for the athletes, it's it's pretty black and white. I mean, if if. Uh if a golfer won the Masters and he double-bogeyed the last hole and you said, oh, geez, that was a tough double-bogey, he would say, what? I won the tournament. I, the tournament. Like, so yeah. I understand what George is saying. They, I mean, they like the individual stats. They, I mean, they want good individual stats, but when the team's not getting where you want, that's, that's what they're going to remember most about the season. Hope you're having a good night in GP, Mike. Take care, okay?
11: Yeah, thanks, Rick.
2: Uh, I just want to update the uh, scoreboard as well. The Blue Jays did win today.
4: Over yeah. Detroit,
2: three nothing, so they go to two and one. In the uh, NCAA tournament, Texas Tech beat Gonzaga. Boo. 75-69. So that's the number three seed out of
3: the West going to the final four. The Zags were the number one. And the Zags usually have a number of Canadian players. That's one of the main places the Canadian guys go play.
2: And then Virginia,
3: number one
2: in the South region, beat Purdue in overtime. That was 87- a good game. I still didn't see that final shot. Saw Virginia tied it at the Virginia buzzer. Virginia tied it at the buzzer.
3: W- the ball went in after the buzzer had gone. But you got to release yeah, it beforehand. He released it
2: just in time. Great, great ending to that game. All right. And uh, the Oilers lose 5-1. And which NHL game was still going on? The Hawks lost. The Hawks lost 3-2 to the Kings in That's overtime. Did I give that one already? I did. think I gave that one. You yeah.
3: did. Actually, they got a power play. T- Taves took a penalty with 30 seconds to go in the overtime, and Doughty scored the game winner. That's a huge loss for the Chicago Blackhawks, who had faint hopes. For well, the playoff spots. Co-
2: Colorado's on the inside track now. They have 85. Arizona has 82, so that's even tough for Arizona now with four games left. Minnesota with 81, Chicago 79, Vancouver 78, Edmonton 77, Anaheim 76. I mean, it's pretty much over for those teams.
3: Yes, I agree. I mean, Arizona's the one team that has a chance. Even I mean, mini four back, is, that's tough. Well, with very few games left. Uh, they, have I been, mean, they have been doing as well lately. Colorado, and I give Colorado credit. They, they played a number of games without Rantanen and Landeskog. Landeskog's been out for, I think, nine weeks. Rantanen's been out now for about four or five games. Those are two elite hockey players that uh, Colorado hasn't had, and they've continued. They've had a, a fantastic run this last little while to put themselves a little more firmly into a playoff spot, so good on them. Unfortunately, that run is corresponded with a good Oiler run, and the Oilers were not able to make up any ground.
2: All right, we'll bring David in on the open line as well. Hey, David, go ahead.
10: Hey, guys. Uh, so, I've been a... Sorry, I was a season on the season registry for 10 years. I've been a season C holder for the last three, and I I, I laugh when I these guys call in about, you know, they haven't watched the game in 20 years, pretty much, and they're saying they're not going to watch the Oilers anymore, but um, I, I mean, I drive an hour into every game. Me and my brother watch. Uh, we will pretty much go to every game. Um, and I mean, I'm a huge Oilers fan. I, it, it does worry me. I think we've got an uphill battle uh, with uh, maybe a Koskinen signing now, I and mean, then that's positive. of uh, and McDavid. But um, I think uh, I, I hope we can get really lucky with some with some draft picks and. And some some good signings in the next couple of years, but the outlook isn't isn't, isn't so good. Um, I, I um, also had thoughts on just uh, renewals and stuff. I got like a lot of friends that are, you know, bo- both seats beside me, so I got two seats on either side of me, of course, right. And both of those guys aren't gonna aren't renewing their season seats. So I just wonder. I know a lot of friends' low seats aren't renewing because they're up for renewal now, and then guys that got you know four or six seats uh friends in in the club seats they're you know dropping a couple seats i'm just i'm kind of curious to see how it all shakes out as far as spoilers fans and and will that send a message to to kate uh to get you know clean house and maybe get rid of nicholson after his comments about reader and stuff like that
2: yeah well that's a fair question i mean it looks like nicholson's here to to stay to hire the new gm but I, i hear that that you know, people aren't renewing, uh, but I, I mean, I also have a buddy that says he knows the price of tickets and he's decided to pay it. But yeah, definitely, Rob and I have heard that people don't want to pay for the tickets anymore. And I, I would hope the franchise is concerned about that. David, where do you drive in from?
10: Uh, I drive in from Lock. Uh,
2: okay, so you yep. said it's about an hour, yeah? It's about an hour, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, hope things are good out there. Love the small towns, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. All right, that is David calling in from Westlock. Uh, I'll tell you what, we got to wrap her up here, so if you're on hold, we will, uh, we'll bring you in next game. We had a lot of good calls tonight. We appreciate it. 5-1 Anaheim over Edmonton. Raquel, who seems to always score against the Oilers. What's he up to now? I wrote it down before the game.
3: Good hockey player, very, very good hockey Raquel player. Raquel now has
2: 11 goal- oh, pardon me, 10 goals and 22 points in 24 career games against the Oilers.
3: They're a team that doesn't score often, but when they score, it's usually got a Raquel or a Getzlaff beside the name or beside the goal and the assist. Raquel played very well tonight. He's got a wicked shot. Uh, and one thing, Anaheim's got some nice young players coming up. Uh, there was a good work ethic and a ton of speed. A number of players I had never heard of tonight. Uh, Put on a bit of a show here in Edmonton. Sam Steele got an assist tonight. You can get
2: more on 630chet.com. Anaheim routing the Oilers 5 1. Our next broadcast is Monday. We'll have the faceoff show at 6. The game will start at 8 as the Oilers visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer back at 630chet, and to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Oilers hockey has been presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Have a great Sunday, everybody. See ya.